right, welcome to another All About Nothing podcast. Year end. Saying goodbye to 2017. Hello to 2018. I think I find one of the most difficult things about changing years is for some reason when I when I write things uh, whether it's notes at work or uh, whether I'm just um, I'll be honest I don't write checks anymore I don't do any of that now the, the most difficult thing I think I find is that when, when I write the date I almost always inevitably for at least the first two weeks will write last year's year probably something that's fairly common, I think. I don't know, I guess lots of people probably do that. So, 2017, easily one of the most memorable years and likely one of the ones that you probably don't really want to remember for whatever reasons. Some people have some good reasons to remember things, some reasons you probably don't want to remember some things. You know, I don't want to make it, uh, I don't want to make this show completely uh, political today. Um, it is uh, December 31st, 2017. And um, it, it's it's been several weeks. I think uh, I, I consciously made the decision that I was not going to do another pod until uh, after the new year, um, mostly just to see what was happening. But I'll be completely honest with you. This has been a ridiculous past, uh, honestly, month, you know, since um, I guess I haven't done a podcast since November. And uh, since November, um, we've had. Uh, the Republican um, Congress has pushed through a new uh, a tax reform bill, which they they all seem very proud of themselves. And I'm gonna I'm gonna give you some theories on what I think is going on uh, with that and how I think the new year is gonna play out. But um, this this GOP tax bill, if 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 you've been on social media, you've probably seen one of these tax uh, bill calculators that gives you an indication of just how much money you're going to save um, with the new uh, GOP uh, tax reform that, that is now in place. Um, and, and, and if you do it, uh, you, you probably look at it like, oh, I'm going to save this much money, uh, which is fantastic. It's great um, that, uh, you know, hardworking Americans are going to be getting more money in their pocket. So I, I fully recognize the benefits of this tax bill for groups um, that I would particularly fall into. Um, but the, the problem is, is that this tax bill, and, and regardless of whether you're Republican or Democrat or independent, um, this tax bill does have huge benefits for corporations, namely benefits um, that move it from, the, the corporations move from a 35% uh, tax on their uh, overall income uh, to roughly about a 21 to 22 percent tax, um, as a middle class family, 
Um, we technically, there's not a huge lot. There's not a huge change. I think, I think roughly we'll make, I, I will, I will save something like an extra 15 to 20 cents a day. I think, uh, it, it, it's all speculative, um, because there aren't any actual firm numbers out. We won't see anything until actually we, you know, taxes get done. Um, or, or you, your accounting department where you work that does your payroll um, may issue some sort of uh, statement or email to you indicating that, uh, you know, that, that they have adjusted uh, the tax rates to the new uh, tax rate. So, you know, and, and, and when you see those things, yeah, sure, it's, it's going to feel good. Um, but these are temporary for, for most Americans in this country. These, these are temporary tax uh, changes. There are, they are only adjustments for like the next four or five years. And for a lot of us, once those adjustments are completed, um, we're going to see a higher tax rate. Um, we will, we will probably pay a little bit more in taxes than we pay now. The, the, the problem, I guess that, that, um, with that is that the corporations will not see an increase in the taxes that they pay. Um, they will remain uh, somewhere around the 21 to 22 percent uh, rate. There are weird loopholes and 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 um, tax uh, resolutions in this bill as well, um, specifically for people that own private jets, um, specifically for people that own uh, golf courses, um, specifically for people that own their own hotels. It. it I, I know this is going to sound like. Um, Maybe I'm just pulling it out of my hat, but ass hat, whatever. Um, but there are there are indications that that this bill benefits certain individuals, particularly uh, well over the corp- corporations that that have their name. It, it does seem to benefit them, and it's it's a little uncomfortable looking at some of the information. You know that that Trump specifically, his family, the 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 uh, estate tax. Um, you know, has been laxed. It, it, there, there will be benefits for the Trump family uh, that you and I probably listening to this podcast will not ever benefit from. Um, sure, I'd love to own a jet. I'd love to own a, a plane. Um, and I'm, I'm giving it some consideration lately that um, maybe, maybe um, one of my hobbies uh, coming up in this new year is I might start to look in the possibility of uh, flight lessons. I might learn uh, to uh, pilot a plane. Um, I, I, I've, I've only ever done it once, and of course it was under um, supervision, but when I was about 13 years old, 12 years old maybe, um, we had uh, a family friend who owned a uh, a few planes? I'm, I'll be honest with you. I'm not sure what he did with them, but they they must have they must have been for some sort of transport, or they were um, uh, they used them for um, transporting people, I assume. Um, but this was back in like ni- early 1990s, and um, they gave my Cub Scout pack, uh, my Weebelows Den specifically, the opportunity to. Um, fly um, planes around the DeKalb County uh, Airport. So it was really cool. We got to take off. We got to land. And we got to fly around, see parts of the city uh, from up high. And, and, and it was just a thrill because we were 
um, we we were only kids, but we were getting to pilot these uh, these Cessna uh, airplanes, and and it was like it was. It's one of those things that when it happens, and if it if it if it grabs you, they say that you've been bitten. And honestly, even from you know it's 2017, from from almost 20 years ago, 30 more than 20, 30 years ago, um, I still feel like that's something I want to do. So it is um, it is a desire, and I think that I'm going to try and figure out how to maybe start doing that because it it just there, there, like I said, there's a, there's a thrill of it. And, um, you know, and if it worked out, then, you know, and I get my pilot's license, then the possibility of, you know, on a weekend renting a plane and, and flying somewhere and then, uh, flying home. So one of the things that people always remind you of whenever you just talk about the idea of, um, flying a plane somewhere is that, uh, they always mention, you know, well, you remember John Denver, you know, flew into the side of a mountain um, you, they, they talk about other celebrities that have had incidents where they've lost their lives because they were flying an airplane. Um, JFK Jr., uh, his plane crashed and took with it his wife and uh, a family friend. So, you know, that's always a possibility. But, uh, you know, in a given day here in Columbia, South Carolina, you have to figure that there is probably, you know, South Carolina as a whole, there's probably going to be so many traffic incidents. And I believe that the statistic is for the year 2017 that there were more deaths on South Carolina roads than there were the year before. Um, and it seems like that's a number that that seems to steadily increase uh, every year. Uh, as much as the uh, Department of uh, Transportation and uh, Public Services uh, Protection you know they they try to they try to stop it from happening it it still happens um but flying is is one of those things that um when when there is an incident it is you know it is talked about in depth you know what went wrong was it the pilot was it the was it the 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 aircraft was it you know the equipment so but when there's a traffic accident it doesn't seem like they go into it that much um, or it's not just as in depth because we've become so used to it. So that, I think that speaks volumes to the fact that uh, incidents with aircraft are are particularly uh, lower, so they get more attention. So I, you know, like I said, it's it's just something I think I want to try and do, and I think that this will be the year that I try and do it. Um, <laughs> not that I will ever own my own aircraft. Um, the lottery, I think, for this coming Wednesday is somewhere around 400 and 430, 450 million. Um, so there, there, you know, if if for some reason my ticket got drawn and and my numbers were picked, then then yes, I, I potentially would purchase a small aircraft that uh, once I get my once I get my pilot's license. But um, that would definitely push me in that direction. Uh, if I won the lottery, you know, you think about all the things you would do if you won the lottery. That's, uh, there's a lot of stuff. Um, you know, you, people, people always talk about wanting to be charitable and, um, what they would do with it. You know, they would donate to the humane society or that they would, they would pay off their church's debt, you know, or things like that. And, and I think I'd, I'd probably do some of that. I, I definitely, I definitely think it's likely that I would probably be more charitable, um, than, um, than I, than I am now. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, <laughs> we talk about it at work when we talk about the idea of winning the, the big ticket 
And uh, one of the things I always say is that I, I would I would probably still continue to work, um, not not for the necessity, but mostly just because I, I honestly think that um, I would get bored. I mean, you know, you can only travel so much. You can only go so many places. Well, I take that back. You probably go to all the places you want to go, but you know, I, I do, I do enjoy the working. I, I like to work. Um, uh, and, and, and I like where I work now. So chances are I would probably work there until they asked me to stop because, you know, I am opinionated and I feel like at some point they would probably say, all right, we're tired of hearing your opinion and, and we're tired of paying you. So maybe, um, <laughs> they just asked me to stop coming in. I don't know. Um, so anyway, got completely off topic. So the tax bill is is it's it's you know, you can't look at it as a complete bad thing for people for the first few years, but it is it, inevitably it's it's going to go the wrong direction for most Americans. And most Americans are going to have to fit the bill. Um you can't add 1.4 trillion dollars to the deficit and not think that it's not going to have a negative effect on our future um and 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 one of the worst the worst part about this is it's not real money we're not talking about real money um it's 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 numbers and digits and data and it, it's not actual money that our government deals with when it comes to the deficit so I'm I'm not certain where our deficit is right now. It's probably around 22, 23 trillion dollars, something like that. So we're going to add instantly with this tax uh this tax cut uh 1.4 trillion, which sounds like a whole lot. Um and it is a lot. But you know, I I think back to a conversation that I was having at 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 work during lunch one day and um and I think I had an adverse reaction to the idea that we're going to drop 1.4 trillion dollars. We're not collecting that that tax now, but there are definite things around this country that that need to be improved, that need to be fixed, that are not going to get that attention, um, that still do not get that attention. Um, the day that we were talking about this was the day that the Amtrak train derailed in uh, Washington. I believe it was Washington, and um, one of one of the issues that I have is with the infrastructure here in the United States. Um, we have a power grid that was built back in the 1960s, 1970s, and, 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 and is in desperate need of upgrade. Um, we have roads and bridges in this country that have some of them have not seen work in probably 30 years. And um, case in point, we have bridges uh, around Columbia, South Carolina that are right now soon to be opened back up because um, they, they've, they've just received so much abuse over the course of their lifetime that, that it, was, it was absolutely necessary to get these bridges repaired. And what happened was they wound up taking out entire bridges. We've, we've, had, we've had detours on some roads around Lexington County that, uh, that, that, that literally have separated communities um, with, with, with a good five or six minute detour, uh, now that, that used to be, you could just drive over the road or drive over the highway. But, um, those, 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 some of those are set to open here in the next couple months. Um, so, so infrastructure in the, in, in South Carolina has seen, um, some repairs, but we have dams around the state 
that um, the flooding of 2015, I'm sorry, October 2015, really pushed them, pushed the dams beyond their limits. And some of them failed. And some of them will fail if we see rains like that again, even smaller rains. I mean, we could, we could see less flooding and those dams will fail just because they have suffered from infrastructure issues that, that may not have had them failed then, but may have them fail soon. So there's, there's all these things that need to be repaired, but we're not taking taxes to pay for it anymore. That's the way government works. Uh, federal, state, local governments operate on the money that, that comes out of our income or comes out of sales taxes. And this idea that, that we don't, as citizens, we don't want to pay for some things is, is ridiculous to me. We, we have to pay for things. We have to pay for a police force. We have to pay for the fire stations and the firefighters. We have to pay for first responders, for EMTs and things like that. We, we have to pay for those. We have to pay for roads. We have to pay for hospitals. We have to pay for all of these things. But if there's no, if taxes continue to be taken down, and, and, and you continue to decrease the amount of money coming out of people's income to cover these things, then, then who pays for it? Because what it sounds like is our government's just going to pay for it using the... the <sighs> they're just going to go into more debt for it. Or they're not going to get it repaired. You know, the president has been tweeting recently that if the Democrats and the Republicans don't come together and give him the money to fund this border wall on the southern border of the United States with Mexico, that he's going to let the Dreamers Act um, fall to the side and and 800 some odd thousand young adults, adults that serve in our military, that are doctors, that are nurses, that are EMTs, that are firefighters, that are police officers, that are teachers... All, all, you know, he he has no problem with letting these individuals be deported back to the countries that they 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 aren't even while they are technically from these countries, they have never lived a life in these countries. They were children when they came here and and they are as much American citizens as anyone in the United States because they they are worth I mean, and you're talking about 800,000 people. You're talking about the potential of billions of dollars in the economy just being yanked out. And and it's it's like the president doesn't recognize that there are repercussions. I, I, I get that. I don't get it. I, I understand that he is a bit of a hothead. I understand that that really this is sort of just a, a narcissistic event for him. You know, it. it, it I don't believe that he is president of the United States because he wants to do better for the country or he wants to lead the country in a direction that is better than what direction we were headed in before. I really believe that his presidency, one, I don't I don't even think he really wanted it. I think he wanted to run for president. I wanted I think he wanted to promote himself, but I don't believe that he wanted to be taken away from the day-to-day operations of his company. Um he is he is so narcissistic. I, I feel like when he was elected president, I, I almost feel like maybe that was just a bit over the top for him. Like like he recognized it, that maybe he didn't want to go through with it. So it seems like maybe he's just self-defeating himself by by coming up with these most ridiculous things. You you cannot deport these people just because the Democrats aren't gonna get on board with your border wall. 
we, we have a border wall. If you have been to uh, southern Texas, um, if you've been to parts of southern California, if you've ever driven from San Diego to Tijuana, there is a wall. And, and I get that people will say, well, it's not a complete wall. There are holes in the wall. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. But it is a wall. And, and there are places that probably need to see repair. And that's fine. You know, we, we need to protect the country. We need to protect our country. If, if using a wall to, de, de, to defend um, is, is the best way to do that, then, then fine. That's, you know, we'll do that. But let's, let's just repair the parts that need to be repaired. This idea that we have to create this giant wall is insane to me. It just seems like a waste of money. There are things in this country that we would we would spend money on that would better suit taking care of the needs inside the country rather than the exterior needs. So we need roads. We we need roads repaired. Um, and 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 all over the state of South Carolina, you see construction, so roads are being repaired in places, bridges, things like that. But that's not just here. That you know, there are places all over the country. That, that desperately need attention when it comes to um, roads and bridges and and dams and things like that. I mean, uh, I mentioned before the electrical grid. Our electrical grid has so many points of failure now that just a couple weeks ago before Christmas, um, the Atlanta Hartsfield-Jackson Airport was completely without a power because there was a fire at the power station that provides electricity to the airport. They were without power for more than 12 hours. There were more than 6,000 flights either diverted or canceled. There were planes sitting on the tarmac for hours. I mean, and, and not just like a couple hours. I mean like 10 hours, 5 hours, 12 hours. There were people on planes. Some of these planes ran out of food and water. And and, and there's I guess there's some real weird rule that says that, you know, in a situation like this, they can't, you know, the grounds crew can't just wheel the, they can't make people walk across a tarmac. They can't have the grounds crew wheel the, the stairs up to a plane and, and have people disembark. So I, one of my ideas, uh, if, if, if you start to take care of the infrastructure in this country, it will create jobs. And yes, I understand that those are temporary jobs, but this, you know, to run a country, there always needs to be improvements on things that have aged. And I feel like if you, if, if the government were to recognize some of all of the, the infrastructure issues around, it would create mass amount of jobs. It would be fantastic for the economy. It might even push new technology in roads. Um, one of the things that, that we were doing at the farm that we wanted to do at the farm was we wanted to become one of the pilot programs for the hemp um, growing uh, farmers of America in Kentucky. Uh, now, fortunately, we were denied because they only allowed seven uh, different farmers uh, or seven different farms in this year. And of those seven, they're only letting them grow on about an acre and a half. Um, we got the statistics from last year's pilot program. They only allowed 10 in. And of those 10, only one farmer actually even saw any money from the crop that they grew because the state of Kentucky decided that the uh, THC level in the hemp was too high. So of something like, of, of, of all of the hemp that was um, harvested, 
only 4% of it actually went to market. And of that 4%, they, they didn't even get market value for. Um, 96% of it was burned because the THC level in the hemp was too high. So it, it almost seems like they, they, the intention was to fail because this year the THC level threshold has been lowered um, to the point where it's highly likely that there will be almost, that there may not be any hemp that's harvested in, in Kentucky. And see, the thing about hemp is that it, you know, yeah, we, we know hemp from clothing and, and um, you know, you see uh, the hipsters with their, um, the bags when they go to the grocery store, things like that. Well, or earth fair maybe. Um, but the, the idea behind hemp is, is that hemp is a, is, is a fabric that can be used in construction material like concrete and asphalt. And, and you can make building material that is stronger because of the, 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 um, threshold, uh, of strength for the hemp because the hemp can actually bind the concrete and the asphalt together to a point where you won't, you, you likely will not see potholes form just because water has gotten underneath and created, you know, so when, when potholes form because, you know, freezing of, of water inside of asphalt or in, in, in the concrete. And it, it will, when it expands, the, the concrete um, bonds fail. And then the, it, you know, it, Usually cars will carry asphalt out of a hole or concrete out of a hole. So you then you give you have potholes. The idea is that the the hemp would actually hold the concrete and the asphalt together. And, and it's proven it, it's it's happening in places where they are using hemp in construction materials or buildings in earthquake prone places are actually stronger and more likely to stand up to stronger earthquakes um, windstorm, you know, hurricanes, things like that. The, 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 the buildings that, that have hemp in the construction material are more likely to, um, stand up to, uh, strong hurricanes and thunderstorms and earthquakes and things like that because of the use of the hemp in, uh, the construction material. So long story short, um, it's, it's not going to happen for us in Kentucky and, and, and that's fine. Um, Ironically, the only person last year that actually did receive any money for his crop just happened to be the cousin of uh, one of the main senators, political powerhouses in Kentucky. And I won't say his name, but he looks like a turtle. Um, but yeah, it was his, co- his cousin was the only one that actually uh, had a, a crop that had a THC level low enough uh, that it could go to market. And like I said, it didn't even, it, it did not even receive market value. So. You move on, and uh, and hopefully the country will eventually um, embrace hemp. Uh, I know in South Carolina you can now grow hemp, uh, and and you can do it uh, with a license. Um, so I believe that they do have some regulations on it. But you know, South Carolina is moving forward. They don't have a pilot program for it. They they actually will allow you to grow hemp with a license. You 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 set aside your land. So South Carolina is moving in the right direction when it comes to that. Um, but again, the, I got off topic, but the idea is that, that you can't just reduce taxes and not think that the deficit is going to grow because there are things that still have to be taken care of. There have been points in history where taxes have been raised and the economy has done just fine. But I really feel like our economy right now is riding on the very edge, the very cusp of a bubble, and that bubble is going to explode. And we're going to go from 24 and a half, 
thousand on the Dow Jones or or you know it, we're going to see this economy begin to regulate itself because right now we are riding extremely high and and eventually it's it's going to collapse because that's what it does we go through these patterns of ups and downs and ups and downs and right now we are on a major up we have never seen the stock market as high as it is now and eventually it's it's going to collapse because uh, that's that's what happens. You let things get too big, too full of itself, and it eventually falls apart. Um, I don't I don't know that there is enough in this tax bill to create consumers that are comfortable enough with everything to uh, be able to hold what we have right now. Um, I hope so. You know, I don't I don't ever want to see our country fail. I don't ever want to see people hurt financially because of a drop in the stock market but it is entirely possible that it's coming and uh i hope it doesn't but it is possible that it's coming um again i I got off topic this is i guess this is just a lot of stuff in my head um doug jones won over roy moore um fantastic i think roy moore is still however uh, attempting to fight the results of the election um based on voter suppression uh, in Alabama, which is really, really impressive for uh, an old white guy, Republican, to complain about voter suppression because usually it's not the white old people that complain about voter suppression. It's usually the African-American community. It's usually the minorities that, that complain about voter suppression. Um, I can tell you a story. Um, when Al Gore was running against President Bush, um, if you do anything with a campaign, sometimes you'll be asked to not necessarily campaign outside of polling places, but you'll be asked just to stand by to make sure that there is no voter suppression in either direction. You, you don't want voter suppression. Well, one of the things that, um, you know, and, and, and people listening to this might disagree, but voter suppression comes in many, many different forms. Um, you either have the technical voter suppression, where if you are at a precinct that has um, typically has a larger African-American community uh, voting in it, um, you will see a polling place that has a room full of machines, but only a couple of them work. Um, and that is sometimes intentional, sometimes it's not. But you do tend to see situations like that. You will sometimes see situations like that. Um, sometimes voter suppression is intentional in the idea that no one's actually been tasked with trying to suppress the vote, but say you're standing in line and you've brought with you your uh, driver's license and possibly your social security card and your voter registration card to indicate that you have the right to vote at this precinct. And then as you're standing in line, you might hear a couple people behind you start saying things like, Oh, you know, you have to have a specific voter ID or or, you know, they're verifying your address before they allow you to vote. You know, <clears throat> it's not because you're not prepared. It's not because you're not uh, you're not. It's not because you haven't done everything correctly that you need to do in order to make sure that you can vote. But the idea is to um, specifically for minority groups if they begin hearing things like that while they're waiting in line or they begin to hear false stories 
about how someone wasn't able to vote today because they didn't have, you know, their driver's license was expired or, you know, it, it begins to build anxiety in someone and then someone who may not feel as comfortable with how well they prepared to be able to vote, it is entirely possible they may jump out of line. And if they go out and get out of line to make sure they have everything they need, there is a greater than 50% chance that they won't get back in line because at this point they had already stood in line. And see, and, and long lines, that's voter suppression as well. The, the idea that you can't have enough voting machines to cover a crowd um, is, is part of voter suppression as well. They, they, have, they have people that think of different ways to try and get people not to get in line. So, you know, it happens all over the country. And anyway, so back to when Gore v. Trump, uh, I'm sorry, Gore v. Bush. Apologize, President Bush, for that one. Um, but, you know, when, when that was going on, we, we stood um, just adjacent to the line to make sure that if anyone said anything that sounded false, <clears throat> we could correct uh, as soon as it was said. That we could, we could make sure to reassure everyone that they would have the opportunity to vote. You know, I, I heard things about, you know, if you're standing in line at 7 o'clock, it didn't matter when the polls closed, that, that if you were not in the building or you were not voting at 7 o'clock, then your vote didn't count. Completely false. Doesn't, not true. So it is, uh, it is intentional. It is an attempt to um, create anxiety in people so that they will not vote. And mostly, and I know people don't want to hear this, but it is designed to keep minorities from voting because Republicans believe, Democrats also believe the same thing, that minorities tend to vote for Democrats. So um, I feel like we were all over the board today. It's crazy. Uh, I do um, just uh, one of the things I want to start doing with the podcast um, is I want to end with some story from my past. And I think I, I've told the one about um when I was in Boy Scouts and we uh, we had to use an old woman's um, chainsaw to, to, to cut a, a hole in the ice. Um, and I may have completed that story. It's quite a while ago. Um, at work this week, we were talking about people visiting family uh, all over the country. And someone mentioned how uh, they had to go visit their wife's family in uh, Minnesota. And um, and I've been to Minnesota in, in two different seasons because I believe Minnesota only has two seasons. I take that back. They have fall and they have spring. Um, but I've only visited either in the summer and, and in the winter. Um, the winter was uh, the camping trip where we went and did high adventure cold weather camping where we had to borrow a chainsaw to cut a hole in the ice. Um, the second time was actually a little further north into the White Otter Wilderness um uh, area in Canada because what we were doing we were canoeing the boundary waters uh, in the United States and Canada and we had a, str a path that we went where we went out and came back and it was over the course of a week um, amazing amazing camping trip but one of the things that the guide told us when um, when we right before we set off was um, you know you want to make sure you get to your campsite with enough time to cook clean up after eating um, and then get into your tents before dusk because at dusk is when the mosquitoes come out. And I, 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 I joke you not, um, some of these mosquitoes were the size of like your thumb 
and and I would joke about it and say, you know, it was the size of a chihuahua. You know, there, there were there were bird sized mosquitoes out there. But in, in, in truth, the size of your thumb, there were some mosquitoes that were that big. And I remember getting into our tent um, almost every single night. I remember getting into our tent uh, just as the mosquitoes would start to hit and you would see their needles coming through the screen. I mean, these were huge mosquitoes and it was like a war, uh, a war on the campers from the mosquitoes. But um, uh, if you ever get the opportunity to canoe the White Otter Wilderness, it is absolutely beautiful. Yeah, you have to portage from one lake to another sometimes or one river to another. Um, But I remember one particularly camping spot that um, it was an island in the middle of one of the rivers, and it was a huge river. Uh, but this island in the middle of the river uh, had actually, I think, I think it stood probably about 25 feet above the the river level. And um, at some point in history, uh, the Inuits that lived there had had chiseled out stairs so that you could actually climb from the river up to uh, the, the the fairly decently flat space uh, on top of the island. And, um, you know, it was really, really cool staying there because the, the water in the river around you was probably 35, 40 feet deep in places, especially, especially right, right up against the rock. So we could jump off the, the top of the Island into the water. The water was cold. (laughs) That was some cold water. I do remember that. Um, but it was, it was a really great camping trip and, um, uh, I, I'm, I'm hoping that one day maybe I'll be able to get back up there again. Maybe I can, I can fly my Cessna and uh, rent a canoe and, and do the same path. So I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, that is going to wrap it up for the year 2017. Thank you very much for listening. If you are a subscriber, I truly appreciate um, any feedback you might be able to give. If you're not a subscriber yet, please click subscribe and uh, you will be graced with this uh, raspy voice from time to time. Had a cold. I apologize. Uh, that, and in all honesty, that was part of the reason why I've been on hiatus is just because, um, at, at one point I didn't have a voice at all, which I'm sure, you know, cheers, but, um, it was, uh, it, it, there's, there've been some colds this season and, uh, I seem to have moved past them. Uh, well enough. So thank you again for listening. I hope you had a terrific 2017. I hope that you have a wonderful 2018. Uh, So uh, happy new years. I hope that your Christmas holidays and Kwanzaa and and Hanukkah and all of the holidays that we celebrate this time of year are recognized. Um, I I wanted, now that I think about it, I wanted to to get into uh, the, the whole holiday versus Christmas versus recognizing all holidays. Uh, but we'll, we'll have to do that another time. So thank you again for listening. Um, take care. Happy new year. Merry Christmas, happy holidays. And, uh, we will see you not see you'll see, I guess a notification from me at some point here in the future, uh, with another podcast. So, uh, thank you for listening to all about nothing and, uh, we'll see you next baby, year. Baby, like I come
The All About Nothing podcast is a member of the GOT Podcast Network.